and welcome to Are We Gundam or Are We Isekai? The air next episode by episode Gundam Seed Podcast that is going to finish Bill Divers today. My name is Jim. I'm a real-life action model whose soul has been freed from the void. I'm Tyler. Oh, thank God. We're finally free. My name is Zach. Yeah, Zach, we can go back to Destiny. <laughs> finally. Uh, I honestly don't even remember how many episodes we have left in Destiny. We only have like five left. It's like eight. I will finally be able to tell the joke I've been sitting on for like four years, so it's going to be nowhere near as good. But first, we have to watch episode 25 of Gundam Build Divers, A New World. We'll say final thoughts for the end of the episode, I think, obviously. But what do you guys think of Build Divers? I've seen worse shows, but not many. (laughs) I've never finished worse shows. Yeah, I've never finished a worse show, and that's saying something. So, like, I don't know. I'm reasonably happy with how it wrapped up. Like, the last, like, five episodes have been pretty decent on average. So it's because it finally figured out, oh, yeah, I'm a Gundam series, and I'm generally about characters with mecha, not mecha with characters. Yeah, no, it developed, like, a plot and stakes and, like, character conflict, and I just love everything about mecha, Sarah, so that's also pretty good. Hey, and we're all in the same room. Yeah, we are. Hi. Yeah, wow. It's nice. I can see Zach. When he's about to talk, I can stop talking and let him. I can see when he wants to say something. And subsequently, I think I, I, I will say words now. So That's a potential danger, yes. It is, yes. <laughs> I keep looking over at the still that we have up, and I keep thinking I see Blossom on the screen, but it is a combination of the red from Ayami's suit and the green from Tiger Wolf's suit. One thing I do love about this still that we've got it stopped on we're flying above the city around the login logout lobby tower, and they're all flying in the air, including Momo, who is sitting on Ayame's bird. Yeah, because she can't fly. I love the fact that she's sitting on the bird. Huh. Did you not notice that the No, first time? I did not notice that. I think with that, we should go ahead and start the episode. We are watching episode 25, A New World. You can watch along on YouTube or Crunchyroll or Funimation if you like. This episode is fun and dumb, so maybe you'll get something out of it. Like I said, it's fun and dumb. Like, it's not great, but at the same time, like, it's not trying to be anything else. Yeah, I could do without the entire first half of it, honestly, but... Uh, Yeah, I kind of could, too. So, as Zach said, we start right where we left off on the last episode with Bill Divers, their mom, and their two dads staring at Megidramon. I feel like Shariar and Tiger Wolf are actually the cool uncle. Well, I did call it... Tiger Wolf, cool Uncle Tiger Wolf. He's cool Uncle Tiger Wolf and reasonable Uncle Shariar. <laughs> that makes sense. Responsible Uncle Shariar. Which is really funny when you find out about who he is in <laughs> real life. So McGeedramon is shooting them with his laser fingers. And Miss Tori calls them and is like, hey, the raid boss has got all sorts of buffs because of bugs and they're destroying everything. So be careful. They're everywhere around the planet, which apparently means... Oh, they, they just flash up six of them, but apparently they're all over the planet. One for each of the major continents on Earth, including Antarctica, I guess. <laughs> and they're pouring all of their energy into the one where Riku and friends are. So this is a coordinated fight. You need to send your healers to the left, your DPS to the right. <laughs> Melee needs to be wary of the breath attack, so they need to be positioned behind. Standard stuff. And, well, these are a, uh, what's it called? They, they are spirit bombing this shit. And they're like, oh, it's eating into the main system at an alarming rate. What does that even mean? We don't know. See, they should have killed Sarah. This is what happens if you don't kill little girls. 
challenging raid bosses. Can you imagine challenge in this video game? <laughs> the horror. Even Char is confused. So apparently nobody can log out now because of this bug. Which, again, that doesn't seem like it would be that hard. Take the headgear off. I actually took that as they can't get into their gumpel to go fight it, but... Well, someone specifically said we can't log out. I thought they said we can't get out. So Riku gives Sarah a reassuring hug. It's like, all we need to do is destroy that raid boss, which we were going to do anyway. I need pants. Yeah, I mean, after all, they just fought basically all the members on the server, so... I do love how cheerful Sarah is. Like, yeah, let's do it. And Riku's like, yeah... And then go, they, go Power Rangers. Yeah, so then they color blast off. Yeah, they all have their own specific color to go in after, though. Is that like a cosmetic, you think, that they picked up from the champion? Yeah. He's <laughs> just like, I have these. So we get the opening sequence one last time. Nothing more to say on it. It is as it ever was. Kind of boring. Yeah. It seems almost out of place now. I don't know. It's not- definitely for the show this was. Yeah, exactly. And not the show it currently is. Although we get shots of stuff from later, right? Like the champion in his all-white suit. Yeah, that's fair. And Yuki's new Jagan. So we cut back to the raid boss raid bossing. He shoots giant purple lasers that create puddles. Don't stand in them. I mean, Yuki asks, why isn't it working? And it's because you only have six people. This is a raid boss. You need about 30 more people for this. Burning Crusade came out, Zach. You only need 25. Oh, sorry. Sorry, <laughs> my bad. So you need 19 more people to deal with this. I love how Koichi says, no, it's working. It's just super powerful. It's like, that means it's not working. And Maggie's like, oh, it was buffed for the raid battle. And now it's been buffed even more by bugs. And Tiger Wolf is like, I'll punch it. Oh, no, it regenerates. To be fair, he did punch it. It did explode. It just got better. Infinite regeneration. They're using their immortality to their advantage. (laughs) What does infinite regeneration even mean in this context? Because as we find out, it's not actually infinite. So... Well, it kind of is until they anti-bug it. Oh, I forgot about the anti-bug missiles until just now. <laughs> They've got Riku. He's full of anti-bugs. Shariar contacts Tiger Wolf and is like, what, you going to give up already? It's not going to be easy to chop that thing up. And Tiger Wolf responds, are you whining already? Jeez. So is it, has it a like special the, effect? It has like the dark Gundam Gundam heads, but they're Gundam torsos instead. Yeah, it deploys whelps. And Tyrell's like, many whelps! Left side! Many whelps! Handle it! Does Riku's giant gun explode there? That shot was really unclear to me. No, he blew something else off of it. Because right there, we could see him losing his grip on his giant gun. So it went flying away. Okay. Riku is about to be shot by the laser hands. He gets dared in the headlights. But luckily, something blocks the shot. And hey, it's the champ. With his sword funnels. Who looks over his shoulder to acknowledge Riku and ask him if he's alright, despite the fact that he's using a communicator. I mean, he's all about the dramatic. And hey, Rommel's here with the artillery squad. And he goes into his apology, and this is one of the few instances where I'm like, I don't mind people going into apologies in the middle of something like this, but you are in the middle of something, you are busy. Rommel's always casual, though. And usually so, he's doing this with a drink in his hand, so he's <laughs> usually focused and it's weird to him. So then we get Kurt apologizing to everybody for being disabled, apparently. Not great. I don't get it. But Riku's like, no, I'm sorry. I was being selfish and trying to get the good ending. I mean, Riku's right. They're the ones that should be apologizing <laughs> for being selfish, for trying to save the life. 
they try to be more Japanese at each other. <laughs> I thought that was Canadians always wanted to apologize. No, it's different. Canadians just want to say sorry. Japanese want to be like, oh, everything is my fault. Oh, okay, okay. That's different. And of course, we're Americans, so nothing is ever our fault. Yeah. So Kurt is like, hey, I get lines and stuff. I want to help. I do like his... Is that a goof or is that a, a Hyzak? I think that's a Jack Doga, which is from Char's Counterattack, but I'm not sure. It's isn't, definitely isn't in the, that Xeon line. Isn't the Jack Doga, though, the ones that uh, had the funnels on them and were piloted by Quest and that other guy? You're right. I'm trying to think of what the non-funnel ones are called, and it might just be a Doga. I think that's what Rose has, the Jack Doga. Yeah. I mean, I do like his the black paint job. Like, his, I I thought it was a Hyzak. It might just be a Hyzak. You're right. Because now I'm looking at a Jack Doga. And you're right. That's the Funnels one. But now I need to know what the non-Funnels one is called. The Giradoga. That's it. Uh, but yeah, I think you're right. I think it's a Hyzak, actually. Yeah, it it's has got the Giradoga dis- missile packs on the shoulders. That's what it, I was thinking. But the, its shield panels look very, very Hyzak. I love how Rommel flies with helicopter I blades. Oh, it's so dumb. <laughs> And Rommel's like, we're beginning to have an effect, but it's still just getting resupplied from the others. I don't know where their energy's coming from, but we sent the coalition members everywhere to help. I do like how it's Rommel saying this, because it very much implies that this was Rommel's idea. Like, he took one look at this thing and went, oh, so that's what it's doing, and immediately took steps to counter it. Also, we sent Hiaki somewhere, because we don't want them in our nice conclusion here. And I love how pouty Ogre looks, and he's like, gonna go get me some new pants. <laughs> And so it shows the guys of Hayaki open up on it. Then we cut back to Kiyoya and Rahul, who are teaming up. <laughs> Momo gets blasted off the bird, which is funny, but gets I, I, caught. I do feel like this whole thing is planned out by Rommel, and that's why Kiyoya is basically just following Rommel's directions. Because he is the best pilot in the game and, you know, the ace of Team Avalon. But he's not a planner. He's a shonen protagonist. Everything will work out somehow. <laughs> Momo is shot off of Ayami's bird, but is caught by the Archangels. Hey, where were they during that big battle? I wish they were there. I didn't I think the guy could fly. Uh, maybe this one can. That's true. Maybe she just jumped really high. We don't actually see jets on it anywhere. We so- get a nice pan shot of a bunch of mobile suits. And hey, Patrick Colasar is even in his enact. And he's like, I want to help too. I was going to ask if that's what that was, because I thought it was in an act, but I could never remember what the thing was called. I had to look it up before because I cannot remember <laughs> any of the grunt suits' names. And he gets Wrong. a line and everything. And one of the guys is like, hey, if it regenerates infinitely, that means infinite loot, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's one way to look at it, but at the same time, to get loot, you have to kill it. The shotgundam's here too. Uh, And I think we finally got to see Susie's Gundam in there. Yeah. And also, there's a mysterious Gundam that saves Ayame, and she is shocked by it. Shocked, but it's in silhouette, so we can only kind of tell how cool it is. Number four on the list is how cool. I actually <laughs> actually like that shot of him saving Ayame and then bouncing without saying anything. It's a nice little bit of redemption for him. Well, basically, these last few episodes have been all about the little bit of redemption for him. Yeah. But here he's full on logging in, and he goes to save Koichi. And hey, it's the Estrade No Name. And he's like, hurry up, Koichi. I love how he is still a guest Haro here. Right. He's a what? black evil guest Haro. It's pretty good. And his line of, I, he's not concerned about the world or anything like that still. He's concerned about he did all this work to build this Gundam Gunpla girl for this. And if they lose here, 
it's going to go to waste. And that's what he's annoyed about. I think he's being a little Sundari, but <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. And he's like, come on, let's do it, Koichi. And he's like, yeah. And they do back-to-back poses like in the flashbacks they had when he was just in a regular Gadpoli and a regular Astray. I kind of wish they'd shown it from their new the new uh, thing because the horror is so funny to me. Right. <laughs> but I do like how it, when it does the back-to-back, it's what they look like in real life. Yeah, because they're friends again. Uh, we get a shot of some Gumpla from the Gundam Build Divers photo novel that were created by finalists for the Real Gumpla Builders tournament. What is a photo novel? It's like a light novel, Zach, but with less novel. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so these were like finalists that made it into that. No, uh, finalists who made it into it designed these. They are not the, the okay. actual finalists, but was- they were contacted and say, hey, make some Gumpla for this photo novel. So many goddamn lasers. We also get a close-up of some mobile suits that are from the Build Diver spinoff manga. Haven't read it. Can't tell you a thing about it. Not interested. But they're here, which is kind of cool if you're into that. I mean, that's kind of a cool design. Although, basically from the beginning of this series, that's something that has been, like, the only strength it has. It's got some pretty good designs. And lots of mobile suits get animated in background shots for the first time here. There's a Hayaki Shiki variant that's animated for the first time in this episode. There's a Gian variant that's animated for the first time in this episode and a few others. And Riku's like, GBN is the best. I'm so glad I got to play. It created you, Sarah, my girlfriend. We had a pretty good hug last time. I don't well, know. I mean, she, <laughs> she is a girl and she is his friend. True. I don't necessarily know that either of them are old enough to understand the concept yet. I do like that he says, I love GBN, and you're all GBN. I love GBN, Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, oh, oh, okay. Can I ride with Momo? (laughs) (laughs) So the GM calls Miss Tori and is like, oh, it's not going to be enough. I need your help, please. Cut to Shariar and Tiger Wolf and the champ dodging some blasts. And we find out that everyone is losing ground in the world because it's getting stronger because reasons. But then the patch missiles fire. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The anti-bug missiles. It's so dumb, I love it. The Deus Machina missiles. As Optimus GM has shown up with patch missiles to shoot at the raid boss to deactivate its regeneration instead of you know just deleting it i love that his name is actually game master and i don't like... that's not his name but i think that's just his general handle i think it is his diver name and he's like yeah i deployed guard machines to other areas too look at my cool jetpack guard machines are supposed to respond to anomalies in gbn where were they during that whole break a decal problem well they didn't have funding zach and that's what finally let them convince the council to form <laughs> XCOM. I do love that we get, like, a close-up of one of the missiles with, like, the GBN logo. Right? It's very dumb. And, like, they deploy and, like, latch onto it, and, like, I don't know, it just looks very silly. They're like narc beacons. That narc beacons? Yes. It's a Battletech special type of munition that if you hit somebody with it, and then you fire other missiles at it, it gives them a bonus. So Riku's like, why? And the GM is like, I decided to bet on you and see in the miracle you believe in. I decided I was being kind of a huge dick, not listening to anyone else. <laughs> when Kiyoyo is like, please stop being a dick, my friend. Give us a little bit of time. This is the part where I was thinking that we kind of needed a little bit more. Because he was so far onto the scale of being a dick. 
Yeah, I think on paper the idea is Kiyoya begging him got through to him, but I agree with you. A little bit like of a slower turn would have been much better here. Or even showing that from the beginning it was pressure from the top that was kind of forcing his hand into that situation. Yeah, make him make a decision about acting on his morals regardless of his job. I think the idea isn't so much that Kiyoya finally got through to him, but when he sees Sarah acting like a real human person when Riku comes after her, that's what is supposed to be the turn. Because from the entire time, he keeps insisting that Sarah's not real. So, like, thanks, GM. Mm. They say, basically, so long as it's not regenerating, it's perfectly fine. We can beat it easy. That's not exactly how that works. They already had this boss on farm, Zach. It was just the bugs. <laughs> they brought the B team in. Uh, apparently, the two impulse Gundams can combine. Yeah, I saw that. I don't know what the point of it, that is. It, it looks more cool, like but it looks more like uh, Emily, Amelia, 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 Amelia's top combined with Genki Boy's bottom. Yeah, yeah, I assume he pilots the legs like it's a lame Voltron. But they would both be in their cockpits, right? Yeah, one would also assume that. So did they just swap halves for some reason? That's what it seemed to be, and I don't know why. Maybe one of them got blowed up. Maybe Genki Boy has a higher power output? Because it makes it look like the cannon does more damage when she fires it. It's a cool gimmick, but why is, I think, a very valid question. <laughs> like, you have to give us a reason, like, an effect that doing this causes. Ayumi and Mobo are like, hey, we're still characters. We can do stock footage attacks. And Koichi's like, yeah, me too. And Yuki's like, also me. I am now piloting a gun. Not a gun, <laughs> a gun. I looked at the Strike Freedom and said, could use more guns. <laughs> his feet are guns. His hips have guns. His center torso has a gun. He's got guns on his shoulders. Forehead gun. Don't forget the forehead, forehead gun. gun. I love that. I don't all think he these... has a naval gun, but I wouldn't be surprised. All of these are directed at a single tentacle thing. And I feel like just Yuki's would have taken it out on its own. Tyler, you have to DPS down the ads fast or they're <laughs> going to get the healers. Yeah, so we basically just get a cavalcade of everybody doing their special moves against heads. Yeah, against the whelps. More dots. They draw Rommel real good when he does a combination attack. I still love Rommel's, like, chainsaw arm. He, I love his chainsword. Rommel definitely plays 40k. <laughs> <laughs> I also love that Magi's special move is just the love, love Tenkyoken, because of course it is. That he fires out yeah, of his head. It is a literal heart. It's the Freedom Scythe Love, Love Custom. Do we actually ever learn the name of his mobile suit? I don't think we do. It's definitely got a model kit, though. Okay. I, mean, I don't think we ever learn the name of Rommel's either. And they're like, Riku, you're the main character. Use your special move. And you know how we established that you can use any weapon in it? The champion's like, use me. This is going to be so cool, Riku. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's such a dumb thing. I love thing. it so much. I love the weapon he pulls out, which is like this trident. It's Kyoya's sword with all of his sword funnels on the sword. See? In a giant club sword. sword. And then the sword funnels extend. Oh my god. It's so dumb. I love it. Dumb. It would make more sense if it was like Kiyoya launched all of his funnels into it instead of them literally being him. Yeah. What part of that is Kiyoya when he pulls it out? Like, what happens like, to his mobile suit? Where's his, the like, pilot? Like... Thing? Well, he turns into his jet form when. So, like, the base is clearly like the nose. Yeah. And then, yeah. Like, the splashy bits are the rest <laughs> of it. Oh, I love it. And then he does the Excalibur while he's... I'm sorry, the Excalibur while he's in that <laughs> mode. 
And then a GBN explodes because of how dumb that was. Oops. And it fixes the problem. It exploded so hard they had to reboot the server, and they're like, oh, well, why didn't we just start with that? We'll just do a rolling restart so nobody notices. And they're like, oh, man, it's a good thing that quick battle was over with so we can get to the rest of the episode. Time for you to log out, Sarah. I guess they must have to always log out in this one specific lobby. I actually kind of wonder if it's something specific to the build decal. So Rika gives Sarah her necklace back, and they're all like, we'll see you in the real world. And Tori's like, by the way, this is going to be super dangerous. Good luck. Bye. She's like, hey, have a strong sense of self. That's very shonen. I know you had the most boring shonen boy as your um, influence, <laughs> as your role but, model. But, uh, but he had good role models, so believe in them. But Don't believe, believe in yourself. Believe in Kiyoya specifically. <laughs> <laughs> At the very least, believe in pretty much anybody but this kid. I like I, how nervous Momo looks. Like, everyone else is like, you'll be fine. Even Rommel's like... Yeah, Rommel's got a big old smile on his face. Momo is the only one who seems worried. I, like, just had a weird impulse, and I'm definitely not going to follow through on to just pull out every shot of Rommel from the entire series and just super mash them together. I get the feeling 90% of them would be Rommel looking smug. Yep. So Sarah is now entering the digital world in reverse. She's naked, I have to point out, so that the people in our Discord can make fun of me. Her hair is pink for some reason. Kind of love it. It's, it's, I think it's just the light. Yeah, I think it's the okay. Doctor Who vortex she's going through. Gotcha. Because she's going through a vortex that involves a lot of pink. And she's like, I gotta go to where everybody is. And she starts breaking apart. And then she's like, wait, everyone? Everyone? Who's everyone? Oh no, none of them have personalities for me to remember. And she starts, like, fading out of consciousness. And I'm quiet. What if I don't have a personality either? But then she passes through, like, a screenshot of Riku. And she's like, oh, yeah, that boring boy. He likes me. That's, like, good for my confidence. Oh, you know, one thing I hadn't noticed. It seems like every time she passes through one of those memory things, she becomes more solid again. Yep. And if you remember, these are, like, all the photos that she was, like, scrolling through earlier when she was locked in the castle. And then she gets her pendant that Riku gave her and magical girls into her clothes. Poof. And she's like, ah, oh, brands, identity, buy all our play sets and toys, and you too <laughs> can remember who you are. Sarah, Sarah, I swear. So we cut to Sarah slowly opening her eyes. I do like how it, like she's staring straight at them. So my first thought was, did that little model grow? It, is, it does amuse me that Ayame is like the unique one because of the fact that her uniform is different than everybody else's. It looks cute. But no, she's just up on a high table, and she's like, oh my god, I recognize you all, because all of your avatars look identical to yourself. <laughs> Koichi looks kind of different, actually, but... Different hair color and slightly more tired. She's like, hey, I'm Sarah. Nice to meet you. And I love how she goes to glomp them, but he's the size of a model. I love how Momo's Touch. got, like, this huge, like, excited blush. It's really funny. Well, Momo is definitely one of those people who always has their emotions on their sleeve. And here, 15 minutes into the episode, we get the title card. Which means everything before this was unnecessary. I mean, I feel like Sarah locking out was necessary. But... I will admit, when it cut to this, I actually reversed my episode to make sure I hadn't missed anything, because I was, I think at the same time I was doing farming in Azure Lane. So we cut to a street where Riku, Momo, and Yuki are like, oh man, I'm so excited. What if they're scary? And then Nanami is like, that's why me and Koichi are adults here to be chaperones to you. Remember, kids, don't meet strangers online. I mean, that's good advice. And she's like, they're too boring to be dangerous. And, and that's when we find out that Doji and Ogre were invited but couldn't make it. Yeah, Yuki's like, the character designers were too lazy to come up with real versions of Doji and Ogre, so. I feel like Doji would look pretty normal, but I do still think that Ogre would be like Kiyoya. Yeah. We were about to meet and just like, 
a full like normal suit and tie and everything like that. Like I gotta go in like twenty minutes. I got a case. <laughs> Ayame runs up and is like, "Hey, sorry to keep you waiting," but they're like, "Nah, your outfit is mega cute." And then she asks about Sarah, and Momo's like, "Don't worry, I've kept her locked in this dark bag this entire time." But then some red fingernails cover Riku's head, and it's like, guess who? And like, ah, oh, you sound just like Maggie, Maggie. And he looks pretty similar to what he looks like in the game. Slightly more masculine, but only slightly. And he's still got the colored nails and such, so. Well, also and the red outfits. He's got a, his shirt's done pretty much all the way up. And he's like, yeah, you're so boring with your avatars, I could recognize you all from, <laughs> like, half the moon away. Speaking of which, we really had to talk about that. And apparently he has met them in, at least Tiger Wolf in person before. Actually, we know he's met Charyar too. Because he calls out to him as he's moving up. I want to ask, what is up with Tiger's hair? I what mean, is that? It's to make him look like his character in I, But Okay, so do you think those are like tiaras? Do you think he's like... I think he's dyed his hair like that. It looks like it's a different texture even than the rest of his hair. It looks like he just put I'm, pieces of plastic Tyler, on his head. Tyler, is that hair ridiculous? Yes. It's not Yugi Moto hair, though. No, it's not. It's that's not, fair. It's <laughs> perfectly normal anime hair. He's like, I'm Kotaro, also known as Tiger Wolf. And then the champ shows up. And he's, and like, he's like, I'm the a most, lawyer. <laughs> he's the most boring lurking person on the planet. I wear suspenders because I'm practical. I feel like normally he has like a suit jacket or something that goes on over it, but it's a hot day. And it's like, the only one who's not here yet is Shariar. And Nagi's like, yeah, he said his flight was delayed. And Tiger's like, hey, have you met him in real life? And he's like, oh yeah, did I not tell you about the time I spent the night at his place? I do feel like, because we find out that Maggie owns a bar, that Kiyoya and Tiger Wolf hang out at that bar on a pretty regular basis. Yeah. And then a limo rolls up. A stretch limo. A very long stretch limo. And then it rolls out a nice long carpet towards them. And out steps the Shar of Middle Easterandia. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, hi, I'm Ruck Argy. I'm Shariar. I love the, I love Tiger Wolf's expression. I lo- he's like, oh no, I've lost. <laughs> Everyone looks shocked at this. Kiyoya kind of looks like, you know, I'm not surprised. And Maggie's like, oh man, it's been a while, dude. And then they go to Maggie's bar. He's like, yeah, close the place, so we should be good. Make yourselves at home. Probably not losing too much in the way of income since it's the middle of the day anyway. Yeah. And Mobika takes Sarah out of the bag, which does... <laughs> I, oh I do. God. It is so adorable. <laughs> I love the Sarah bot. It's so good. It is. You're just, like, poking your head out like a Super Mario enemy. <laughs> it does make the question of, like, who knows about Sarah? Like, I feel like... Right? Well, right now it'd be really tricky, but at least only the car- only the people out of GBN probably know about Sarah and Sukasa. And to be fair, Rerise will explore this. Eldivers are like celebrities almost because of how rare they are. Interesting. She's like, "Hey, nice to meet all of you, even though I've totally met you." Tiger Wolf just looks surprised until he starts introducing himself. And Maggie's like, "Did you make the body co?" And she's like, "He's like, yeah, I was already building her a gumpla, so I just adapted it a bit." And Tiger Wolf. It's like, how the hell is it moving? But Charya's like, it must be the GP dual technology, right? And she's like, yeah, I have a friend who's super good with it. And it's like, like she needs thrusters or lasers. So she's really power efficient compared to that. <laughs> so does she need to be like plugged in? I presume so. I did have the thought of like, yeah, I have a friend who knows the system really well. We didn't invite him because that would be really awkward. He probably would have said no anyway. Probably. 
I love Sarah, like, showing off and, like, playing with her skirt and stuff. It's so silly. <laughs> I, I love how Char goes, I would love to meet the builder of this thing. And yep. Koichi's like, ah, he's shy. That's a politic way of saying it. I wonder how much of her gunplay is, like, soft material or if it just stretches. Like, because you could definitely just make an actual dress out of that. It would not be a, a problem. But I wonder if they did or if the technology just lets it bend. Like, it, how much have they added, like, fabric or something to it? Yeah. He's like, I'll pass the compliments along. That does kind of give the impression that him and Tsukasa are hanging out a little bit more. Kiyoya comes up to formally apologize to Sarah for trying to murder her. He specifically says, I'm sorry for giving you a hard time. That is definitely a way to put it. This is super weird. I totally get it from Kiyoya. He's like, I wanted to apologize in person. I wonder if for Sarah, this world feels strange and like it's not real in the way that yeah. a video game would feel that way for other people. I think it probably would, especially because where she met everybody on that count, she was the same size and now <laughs> she's six inches tall. I was actually wondering about, uh, there's like the scene at the end of this where they're like flying through GBN again. And, like, I'm wondering if she's like, this is my real home. And, like, this other place is, like, this boring place where I had to be in sleep mode all the time. <laughs> and she's like, it's fine. I could tell you were trying to help me grow as a person. You were trying to do the right thing. It's like, well, that makes me feel a little better that you get it. You know, the more I look at Kiyoya, the more I think that Kiyoya's day job is a cop. It does seem like something on there should be a shoulder holster, right? Yeah. He's got that clipped tie in, in place and the suspenders. It makes it look like a detective or something like that. I think he's just a lawyer. So Sharia points out that since the incident has been documented, more players have joined, which makes me wonder if the fact that Sarah exists is like public knowledge and that seeing her would be weird. But like tech journals are like mysterious AI Gumpla exists now. <laughs> Also, this would have been great if, like we said a thousand times, GBN was low on players before, and this helped resolve and bring people in. But nope, it was already the most popular thing, and now it's the most popular thing here. Yeah, like, that would make a lot of sense. And apparently Avalon has a streaming I channel. I'm just imagining this guy on Twitch. <laughs> and uh, it's extremely I definitely think he's got a filter that makes him look like his avatar. GBN streamers are a major plot point of Rerise. <laughs> Really? But given the way it works, it probably doesn't have an actual face cam because it's a virtual reality thing. So it probably yeah, just is always following point. him along. And, you know, he is the top player in the world. I could totally see his channel being, like, huge. Although, based on the way he dresses normally, he probably does also have a day job. So he's like, yeah, the Game Master and Miss Tori are working together now, to, so there will be no more bugs, we hope. Okay. Uh, that is definitely not how patches work, because you will always have bugs. It's just kind of a thing. It's fine. No, Especially no, with a rolling and ongoing development. No Sarah bugs. Okay, I have a new headcanon for Kyoya's outfit. He is actually a professional streamer. That's his day job. This is the only nice outfit he owns. <laughs> so this is what he wore. <laughs> that would make some sense. <laughs> we see that Maggie has a bunch of gunplay on his bar, which is nice. Interesting choices. He has a Death Scythe Hell. Makes perfect sense. It's basically what he has. He has a gun tank with legs version. Is that he an actual there. thing that shows It's a up? model kit. And he's got the Gaia Impulse. Maybe the most bizarre mobile suit to ever be devised. <laughs> That's a, is that actually a thing? I mean, it's a alternate mobile suit, like, variations thing. They make model kits of it. There's one for the Abyss, the Gaia, and the Chaos for the Impulse. The Gaia one is the one that makes the least sense. As you can see, he mounts it like a horse. And Maggie's <laughs> like, I make sure everyone gets a drink, but no alcohol for the kids. You, you have to be over 18 to drink. 
And Tiger Wolf comes back with, they have to be 20. And Maggie's like, yes, I know the law about that because I own bar. Of course. <laughs> I've totally never done wrong on that. Although this is a really small hole in the wall place. I also kind of get the feeling this is probably like a private room in the back to begin with. I actually kind of feel like this is the entire bar. I've like been in bars like this, and I feel like these are fairly common in Japan where space is like a bit more limited. Okay, I'm more. I just was thinking of like how. I mean, I don't go to bars, so. This is a, a fairly classy bar, I expect. Like, it's got, like, nice tile. The booze are in good condition. It's just small. It's about as big as the one in Persona 5. Anyway, they're like, Smaggy's like, so what does Sarah, like, do all day? And Nanami's like, she's a mascot at the Gundam base. It's super popular, as you might imagine. I wonder if she just stands there or if she runs around at the Gundam base. I was wondering about shoplifting the Sarah. <laughs> like... <laughs> I feel like she probably doesn't go too far from Nanami. Or is she just in, like, one of the display cases with Koichi's models? <laughs> <laughs> like, she might be moving around, but, like, stay on the front counter or something like that, so Nanami's always nearby, so no one picks up and wanders off with her. And Ayame's like, yeah, she's gonna sleep over at my place so we can be SD Gundams together. I'm literally just imagining them just, like, binge-watching an SD show, and oh. Sarah's just, like, sitting on her shoulder the entire time, and, like, <laughs> they're so just, good. like eating popcorn oh man how like what would it feel like to watch the series that are based on it because your world like has how all the flying around like imagine going watching the earth anime when you <laughs> oh the world war ii arc you're gonna love it hitler's such a good villain <laughs> so Shario's like i'm rich i'll fly you guys out to my mansion it'll be cool i can get a doghouse too. and their uh their rivalry continues in the world Riku gets to see the real H2 Magnum, and he's like, oh man, it's built perfect. And he's like, also, I should apologize for trying to destroy GB and Kyoya. We hurt a lot of people. Kyoya's like, no, you didn't. Everything worked out fine because it's Gundam built divers. You should have seen it back when it was my anime, kid. A bunch of noobs faced small penalties because they couldn't take you out. Also, I was inspired by what you did. And he's like, I didn't do anything. I'm very boring. Yeah, Riku's like, I've always admired you. I wanted to be like you. And it's like, don't worry. First, you got to grow a personality for that. It's like, also, if you don't hate me, can we 1v1 at Baron sometime? Also, can I keep admiring you? And he's like, well, I can't stop you, so sure. I also feel like this is something that Kiyoya has not really thought too much about. So the fact that Riku is, like, doubling down on the can I keep admiring you as, like, my hero for this game kind of is one of those, I don't know why you'd pick me. <laughs> it's not like I'm objectively the best by a goddamn country mile <laughs> and am a thing of beauty when I use my sword funnels. Meanwhile, Tiger Wolf has found the karaoke machine, and he wants to sing Here Comes Char. <laughs> I did think that every song that they mention is uh, so, is a Gundam... A Gundam adjacent, at the very okay, least. Okay, I was thinking that they were mostly opening songs that I wasn't familiar with. There is a incredibly inside joke where Shariar tells Tiger Wolf to sing some Man With song. Man With a Mission is the band that does the opening to Iron-Blooded Orphans. They also, when they perform, all wear wolf masks. <laughs> I've also seen them actually before i've got a couple other songs on my ipod actually maggie wants to sing invoke because he has taste <laughs> i was actually gonna say he's a man of culture so yuki wants to sing rhythm emotion because he's a pleb u.s gundam fan and ayami wants to sing tokyo boogie night which i guess is an sd gundam song that'd be my guess and nanami's like hey bro you should sing that ending song to gundam c like you do in the shower it's very sweet and romantic so we go through a uh montage of them singing i do love how koichi is trying to get away and tiger wolf is pulling him back onto the stage and 
apparently Momo, Ayame, and uh, Sarah do a triplet. How's that? Like it looks like a duet, and Momo's just holding the microphone. And they also build some gumpla. Specifically, they have Nanami do it, and they're like, they're all backseat gumpla building for her. Well, I, it looks like Koichi and Yuki are, whereas Riku and Kiyoya are just watching and laughing. They put sure. a bow on the sky. And so, like, that was fun. What are we going to do is for the after party. And there's another pretty good dub line where Shari is like, haven't we had enough in Tiger Wolf Responses? Enough fun? Like, you can have enough fun? <laughs> <laughs> like, what sort of grump answer is that? And Riku's like, hey, I know a spot. It's the best spot ever. You can have the most fun possible. I do love how all of them smile, and then you see Sarah poke out from behind Riku's head, where she's apparently been riding on his shoulder. Yep, so they go to the Gumpla base. Please scan your Gumpla. The credits start rolling. I love the way Sarah logs in. Like, she's just standing on it, and apparently she's got her own little visor. Yeah. And then she's flying the Mecha Sarah. I love the conceit that because she is a Gumpla, she is her own Gumpla. I miss Although, she, like, she's also inside the Gunpla in the cockpit. Yep. Yeah, because yeah, she's still her. Yeah, she already had diver login, but now she's just piloting herself. Amal is very excited for her to pilot herself. I love how in the back you can see Nanami with Koichi. Yeah, she did not finish her Gunpla. We won't see that until the last episode of Rerise. Seriously? Yep. And Sarah's like, okay, this is fun, but I do want to ride with that boring boy. So she unspawns her Gunpla. Riku unsummons his to catch her. It's very sweet. And then he reforms it. Like I said, Rerise is a much better version of this shot but in a way that I think was them like, how do we one-up that cool shot? So the entire time I was watching this scene and they're like talking about, what are we going to do today? Like, how long is the champion going to hang out with this particular group of people until he goes back to his own team? Like, well, like for the day. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, it, it is kind of like a party and everybody's there. Because like Shariar flew in apparently. And who knows how far uh, Kiyoya and uh, Tiger Wolf even came from in order to meet up. Like, hey, let's go check out the new server. And Riku's like, yes, Gundam Build Divers is the best. GBN is my favorite. It's great. Buy all our playsets and toys, and your Horizons 2 can be expanded. <laughs> and the series ends on a photo they took in front of the Unicorn Gundam, presumably after they play, because the sun's going down. I do love how Riku is holding up Sarah, but I really love how everybody's just like kind of standing around being in the photo, and Tiger Wolf has this massive shit-eating grin on his face and holding up the peace sign. Well, someone told him to smile, so he went all in. Yep. And that's the end of the series. Thank God. Yeah, no, literally anything. I don't... I was trying to remember what the hell warlocks make a pact with, generic demon. Depends on what warlock you're talking about. Thank you, Bay. Thank Arceus. Yeah, that's it. I think we'll have a lot of final thoughts. Any final thoughts on this episode? I agree that the first half is kind of disposable. On the other hand, it's also kind of fun. Like, I understand wanting to end on a high note, so to speak. And like I said, it feels to me like that's included so that everybody can be on a team again. So that, you know, interpersonal conflicts are kind of spackled over. And I do think 20 full minutes of them in real life would have been too much. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably true. Like, I feel like this scene could have been dramatic, or the second half of this episode could have been dramatically shortened and just crammed in at the end of the last episode if they had spent less time on the raid battle, or just not have done the raid battle at all. Or you could have the conclusion, like, you could stretch it out further, right? You could have the first half of this episode be Ogre and Riku fighting the champ, then into this. Although that's an incredibly intense battle into a very fun and carefree moment, whereas this is a pretty, like I said, very fan-service-y fun battle into a 
denouement that's very character focused. Yeah, I was just thinking that you could easily have done it in a situation where like Ogre first, like when he appears is actually the cliffhanger for this episode. Or right before he summons his giant weapon or something. Well, I was just thinking because you wouldn't want to split that fight up. I think you lose a lot of dramatic tension if you split that fight up. That's fair. Between Ogre, Kiyoya, and Riku. But I also think that with how fast that fight goes when he shows up, like with the champion just mopping the floor with him, I think it actually works better to leave it there because otherwise you'd be stretching the fight between Riku and the champion out a bit more, which I don't feel would really help it. It wouldn't do anything to service that episode. So while it feels really disposable, as Jeremy said, the first like 10 minutes, well, I mean, it does kind of just give you a fun little like feel good feeling. But since the rest of the series has basically been that, (laughs) although the last five episodes were more dramatic than previously. So going back to that feel good, I'm actually kind of okay with it, even though that does feel like what it was there for. Yeah. I could have cut that entire first 10 minutes and it would have been fine. Like, it it would have been fine if the ending was just everyone meeting up in real life and, like, toss the other important characters in there as well. Maybe that would have been too many people on screen at once, but I guess this show hasn't really had many problems with that anyway. I don't know. What really happened is that Ogre couldn't come because they couldn't afford to animate him in this episode. Or, <laughs> or pay someone to come up with a character design. That's probably the reason why Rommel isn't included. Do you have a high point, Tyler? specifically that little scene of Sarah just showing off for everyone and, like, doing a little twirl. It's adorable. I just had a headcanon for Rommel. The reason why he's so close with Kurt is because Rommel is actually Kurt's pet ferret. (laughs) It's actually Kurt controlling both of them. No, 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 no. It's just he's got a really smart pet ferret. Okay, okay. Because it it spends all of its time at home, it just was watching, he just... Like, at one point, left it on the History Channel on a marathon of World War II generals <laughs> mixed with Gundam. I'm not sure what this channel is, but... <laughs> if my youth has taught me anything, probably Tech TV, I feel, would have combined those things at some point. Zach, do you have a high point? Tyler took the obvious one. I think Is it I'm... the obvious one? Sarah meeting everybody else and doing her adorable little twirl? No, specifically the adorable little twirl, yes. Oh. That is all I took. I think I might want to go with when Sarah pokes her head out of Momo's bag. That, that is absolutely adorable. It is. Hmm. I guess I'll take how dumb the champion being like, Riku, yeah. use me! <laughs> the bullet is your friend! So dumb. Do you have a low point, Tyler? Yeah, I guess the fact that we never get to see Rommel use a special attack throughout the entire series, I'm a little sad about that. Are you sure about that? No, I'm not, and that's the problem. I think, Rommel's, it out. I think Rommel's special attack was him being able to surround Shariar, Tiger Wolf, and Maggie <laughs> so quickly. His, his special move, like I said, I think it's got to do with maneuver and defense. Oh, it's summon the grunts. It's the opposite of Kiriyamathis. <laughs> he goes in for the one-two combo on the tentacle thing, and like a bunch of people pop up behind him to help him finish it off, and like... That feels very much like a support attack, like he just pressed the shoulder button and someone hopped in and had Oaken for him. Zach, do you have a low point? I think, like, I don't want to say the whole first half, because, like, well, I, d- I do think that's on the lower side. I think I'm going to have to go with Kurt apologizing to everybody for being disabled and motivating Rommel to fight against them. That sends exactly the wrong message. I'm sorry I'm disabled, guys. Why are you apologizing for this? I'm going to go with how fluffy the episode is. I totally think those last 10 minutes are earned by the series. I think it's a decent way to end this. But we went from all this like high super drama to, oh no, it's the raid boss, bugs, 
let's use the patch missiles. Patch missiles are great, don't get me wrong. But <laughs> also, I, the GM, now agree with you. Without any real reason to. Yeah. Do you think it would be better if they were to stretch that last bit of the season, the L-Diver whole thing, and really expand it to be like 15 episodes? 15, I think, is too many. Because I think the first arc works. I think there are a ton of problems with it. But I genuinely think like that's a good midpoint, and like it's fine to not do the L-Diver stuff till later. I definitely think we should have saw more of the bug Sarah was causing to create more conflict. And like I said, I think we really need to show some people who live in GBN to help Rommel's side. Because they do a pretty decent job of making Rommel seem reasonable. But as many YouTube commenters and we pointed out, Maggie is right when she's like, yeah, but that's not worth a life. I was just thinking that if they used more time for this, for the Eldiver storyline, you could also use more time to flesh out the GM. So he doesn't feel like I'm the antagonist because I drew the short straw and somebody had to be. I think you only need one or two more scenes of him, though. And I think they can replace repeat scenes he has with Sarah. And that's fine. Yeah, because he does have a lot of scenes where he kind of tries to emphasize the same point over and over. And like, you could have used those for better characterization. That's fair. But that's also why I asked the question. (laughs) All right. We're not going to do a final episode on Gundam Bill Divers. So I want to do an unpack on it. Are there any Gumpla we want to add to the list that we didn't get? I think the Jagan Blastmaster is the obvious one, and maybe Maggie's, though we certainly don't have to add that one if you don't want. I think the Jagan Blastmaster, though, we would be remiss in our duties if we did not add that. You think? I was actually specifically thinking that the uh, Jagan was the one to not add in favor of Maggie's. We can do both. We don't have to do one per episode, especially when we're wrapping up. Closing the book on this. Okay, so the Jagan Blastmaster and the Gundam Love Phantom. All right. (laughs) Is it actually, that is, actually, I kind of think that's great. It's, yeah, no, it's pretty good. I feel like it's going to earn points on the name alone. Yep, <laughs> um, probably. Is there anything else we think we need to add? We'll get to the enact eventually. I don't um, think so. I don't think there's anything else that we need to add that we haven't done our diligence Sarah on so suit. far. Oh, yeah, do we want to do the mobile doll Sarah? I, I think that's what it's called. I don't know that we, like, I have no idea what else it can do. We just saw a brief image of it, so I'm I'm fine leaving that off. Okay. So am I. Okay. Starting with the Jagan Blastmaster, then, I think the obvious point of comparison is one of the lowest suits from this series we have, the Gym 3 Beam Master. I think I like it more for its dumb I'm a gun mode. I like the pistols and I I like its shoulder cannons, but I think I like the Gym 3 more because I actually really like its detachable missile packs. And I do like the fact that it, the other one looks more like a like a heavy close-in support unit. That operates as a sniper nearby. As opposed to the Jagan, which is... Guns. Guns. <laughs> and I usually like, I am all the gun. But here, I think the more unique look that the Gen 3 Beam Master ended up with, with its missile packs and whatnot, was better. So, I was originally going to land on the Jagan. Not super heavily, but like, fairly decisively. But I think Zach has made a lot of good points. Especially, like, I'm kind of a sucker for a gym, and like, it's a pretty good gym. So, all right, right below the Gym 3 Beam Master, we have the Moma Kapool. <laughs> I definitely like the Moma Kapool <laughs> better too. than the Blast Master. I kind of don't, but I'm already outvoted. Um, it's a penguin. That's yeah. my argument. Yes, it's a penguin. Slash it's, agree. A, it's a Russian doll penguin. Right below the Moma Kapool, we have the Baku. I definitely like this more than the Baku, but again, I'm the Baku hater among us. I like the Baku, but it has all the guns, so... 
I think I actually like the jigging more. So if I can save you from having to make a decision, um, that's actually what I was gonna say. The bl- the, bl- the beam master blast master. What the fuck this jigging's called? Has all the guns. The jigging more daka. All right, but he doesn't really have that much daka. He has all that's pew fair. pew. The jigging blast master goes at number sixty-seven above the Baku and below the Momoka pool. Uh, so I now I presume I have to scroll up for the love phantom. Probably. I mean, I don't know if it's gonna make top ten, but no, I don't think it's nearly that high. But I know we have the Death Scythe on here, and I think it's that, better than the Death Scythe. That might be a good place to start. Yeah, Death Scythe's pretty high up here at 26, but I definitely think the Love Phantom is better, mostly because I think the Death Scythe Hell is way better than the Death Scythe, and the Love Phantom's got those wings. I like the Death Scythe Hell quite a bit, and this is actually going to sound kind of weird. I think the color balance is actually a lot better on the Love Phantom. Black and pink mm. is good. I'm actually kind of a sucker for pink on a lot of things, especially as a like a bright highlight on a dark color. I will say, I actually think the color scheme of the Love Phantom is kind of a mess. It looks like someone just stapled two completely different things together. So, it specifically, it loses points for me for that, but it is still pretty good. So, also, I love Maggie, and the pilot helps a lot. But Duo is the best of the wing pilots. So... Yeah, it's a low bar, though. <laughs> so... I mean, that's true. Zex is the best of the wing pilots. <laughs> I wasn't counting Zex because I was counting just the five original like the Gundam protagonist pilots. Fi- Gundam pilots. It's clearly you haven't listened to What's a Gundam, where me and Kevin talk about how Zex is clearly the protagonist of that. <laughs> Those five assholes are just running around, blowing stuff up for no reason. While Zex has a girlfriend and is trying to take over his country and care for his little sister. Huh. <laughs> you make an excellent point. Okay, how do we think it compares to the Double O Sky? Because despite really loving the Love Phantom, I don't think it goes above main character suits like that. I like its color scheme. I Not with Tyler. I don't think it's a mess, but I don't think it's as good as the Double O Skies. I think I like the Love Phantom a bit more, but like I said, I'm also kind of a sucker for pink highlights, especially because when it's put next to black. Black and then a really bright color, like pink really works for me. And the Death Scythe Health is already a great mobile suit, but it's the Death Scythe Health with all the guns. Specifically all of the Strike Freedoms guns. Yes. So I'm on board with this. So, And if it was actually just pink highlights, I'd be way more into it. The fact that it's like pink blob and black blob is really what does it for me. The fact that it's color blocked like that. I think I'm going to have to side with Jeremy on this one. I love the Love Phantom's gimmicks. It's just not a super strong suit for me. Do we think it's better or worse than the GP Rays 2 Ogre's New Ride? I think I like it better than that, honestly. They're messy in kind of similar ways. I think I agree with you, especially like going back to that Ogre's suit is just, it's too red to begin with, and it's so chunky. It's very chunky. Like, I, I mentioned that I like Koichi's suit because I like the feeling of weight that it has, but Ogre has the other problem. It's super chunky, but it's also trying to pretend to be a like a dex fighter type of thing so and i really don't like that disconnect i like it a lot better when it's just using club like i feel like club is a good weapon for big chunk but yeah no i agree it's like trying to be a dex fighter when it's clearly a strength build that said i think i actually like ogre suit better so you're two to one but i'm flippable so do you want to make an argument I think it fits Ogre's character extremely well. It's got a lot of, like, tools that fit his fighting style. Um, it's got the stupid detachable hand thing, which is a fun gimmick. I can't make a super strong argument for it over the Love Phantom, because I like a lot, a lot of the Love Phantom's gimmicks, too. And the Death Scythe is just a cool suit. I'm glad I let you make all those arguments, because I agree with them, but I still think the Love Phantom's better. That's fair. 
So the Gundam Love Phantom goes at number 23 below the Double O Sky and above the GP Race 2. I wish Sweet. we could have seen more of Maggie's team. Like, I want to know what they got going on. What's they, Adam's they, apple about? They dropped in, like, once during yep. the Coalition of Volunteers, and then we never heard from them again. We got a character that was, like, almost too over-designed to never be seen again. Like, we saw the Archangels multiple times, but we never saw Maggie's team, even when the shit was hitting the fan. All right, so do we want to get into final thoughts for Bill Divers? Like I said, I think this is the worst Gundam series. It's still not terrible, like we kept saying. It goes out on a pretty nice high note, which is good for it. But so much of it is nothing. It's not a bad show. It's a very boring show. <laughs> it's got exceedingly bland characters, a plot that for 90% of it doesn't have real stakes outside of, oh no, my video game might be under maintenance for a week. And until those last like five episodes... Characters don't really grow or change outside of Ayame. I don't even think in those last five episodes. I really think a weakness of characters, specifically the main characters, like we keep harping on, is what really holds Gundam Build Divers back. I don't think Riku has an arc. He goes from someone who loves GBN to someone who loves GBN, which is manifested in the form of a girl. <laughs> yeah, no, that actually makes sense because he starts playing GBN because he admires the champion. And at the end of the day, like, his goal was to fight the champion and win, and he hasn't done that. And he still is just admiring the champion. He fluctuates a little bit in the middle. Like, he has some, like, doubt about what his true motivations are, but, like, nothing super important. It doesn't really... I think the real big problem with the show... Well, okay, other than, you know, lack of characters and arcs... And uh, stakes. And stakes, um is that I don't think it knew what story it wanted to tell, because it's like... It seems to be trying to tell two different ones, doesn't it? It's like two different stories, and neither of them, I feel, gets explored particularly. I feel like Sukasa's thing is maybe more well-explored than Sarah's thing. And, like, Sarah's the way more interesting story to me, but they're both interesting stories to have been told, and it's not interested in exploring either of them thoroughly. And I think that's why it's... Like, it's almost disappointing, except for the fact that it never set either of these things up super well. So, I'm not sure that it's, like, it ever got high enough to be disappointing. I, I do have to say, though, for as disappointing as the series is, it has some generally good mobile suit design, and its side characters are actually pretty good. Yeah, the side and, characters are pretty good. And most of its animation is top-notch. Especially because they didn't resort to 3D in anything that I noticed, and it's really well done. There are some pretty good comedy beats. It, like, this show actually made me laugh out loud a couple times. Like Probably I, related to Momo most of the time. A lot of the time it was Momo because she's allowed to have a character. Uh, or Ayame like, doing something adorable in the background. Yep, also Ayame. Um, also Sarah, surprisingly. She was a surprisingly fun character, especially once Jeremy pointed out, like, how much expression she gets to have in the background. They just put a bunch of elements together in a blender and said, okay, make a story happen, and then forgot to actually write the story. I'm not sure what they wanted to do with the well, show, but they didn't really do anything. One of the problems that it has is that one of the great parts about story is character drama and character interaction and character growth. We don't see, like Jeremy said, any real growth from Riku at all. We see some from everybody else, but Riku doesn't have any. And because of the fact that everybody keeps saying Riku's so great, we also don't see any real improvement from him as he goes from being a low-level scrub to being somebody who's able to compete at the top level 
and make it into the top 10 in the world. We're just told this happened and are never forced to see him struggle, which struggle in fiction usually equals character growth, because to grow, you have to struggle. Yeah, to overcome some sort of adversity. Riku's adversity is his own bland-ass self. Yeah, they don't show any adversity for Riku, except in, like, two episodes. Yeah, the only time Riku is forced to make any sort of choice is when he's like, oh, GBN is threatened by Sarah, right? I have to choose between my friend and this game I clearly love. But even that is not really agonized over. I also think we talked about it a lot early on. Gundam Build Divers is probably the worst Gundam series with the buy all our playsets and toys problem. That's going to occur in any Gundam series. They all exist at the end of the day to sell toys. It's the problem with the original Gundam. It persists to now. It's one of the challenges of telling stories. A lot of the more newer ones will say, hey, let's tell a good story with these and that will sell the toys. I shouldn't say newer ones. IBO is five years old now. But Seed, Double O, IBO, they all are forced to use extra models because they made toys for them. But their focus is on telling a good story. All of the Gundam Build series are way more blatant because they're specifically about the (laughs) model kit. But like I said, Gundam Build Fighters, I think, does a really good job of just selling the passion of modeling and fandom. And I think Gundam Build Divers fails on that, in part because they're selling you this video game that doesn't exist for so much of it. But it also just feels like the characters, because they have no personality, so often just say, yeah, Gunpla and GBN is great and everything is great about this and be sure to buy some, which certainly happens in Build Fighters, don't get me wrong. But I feel like they earn it. I feel like they sell what's great about it and then have the character say, hey, actually, this is good. Usually by having a character who is outside the hobby being like, oh, I get why you like this so much. That makes sense because, like you said, all Gundam is, at the end of the day, something that's trying to sell you a model kit. Or McDonald's. Or Pizza Hut, but that was... That's good guess. That, 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 that was a side <laughs> relation. But yeah, they, they want to sell you something. And I think the idea of let's make a good story around this so people want to buy their favorite one that's a far better idea of doing it because you're making people want to do it instead of just trying to beat them over the head with it. It's a, it's certainly a more effective marketing strategy for us, I think. I'm not sure. Like, Gundam Build Divers is surprisingly popular, I found, and I'm wondering if that is a, like, just beat you over the head with it is actually a more effective strategy for their actual target demographic. I feel like one of the reasons why Build Divers feels like it's really popular is because the people who like it stuck around, whereas the people who really didn't dropped it like a hot rock, so you never see them talking about it. That's entirely possible, actually. And we should be fair to Gundam Build Divers. Its target audience is younger and more impressionable than the older Gundam series, which are going for the teens and 20-somethings and the older Gundam fans. This is directly aimed at the younger fans. I think they, with the Build Divers series, decided to go specifically younger than the Build Fighters series had even gone for. That makes sense. It would also explain why Riku is like 12, as opposed to usually Gundam series protagonists are like 16. Oh no, I kind of want this show to have ended with Riku being like, huh, maybe I actually want to become a lawyer like Kiyoya. That's actually what I admired about him. (laughs) Or like, you know, have any sort of realization about himself. I feel like he comes to some realizations about himself over the course of the show, but in the end, none of them matter or change him. Yeah, that's my frustration with it. Do we have any other final thoughts? Uh, avoid this one as a series. Like, I, I will admit, the Astray no-name looks like it might be fun to build, but... Probably a model kit for it. Probably. It's got some pretty decent high points, and like, some of the characters are pretty fun. 
I don't know that it was worth the time investment of watching it to get to those things. Which is why I said I came up with a joke in a bowling alley listening to a killer song. And was like, <laughs> I can use this to subject these two to Gundam build that. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I mean, it wasn't like it was a hard sell. Do you have a serious high point, Tyler? A series high point. So I was kind of thinking about this, and I was trying to think of something not dumb, but I really like the stupid disguise that Kyoya uses when he's like definitely not the champ, and yet he fools everyone, and then his Gundam just transforms out of his own Gundam, and I don't know. The introduction to Kyoya there was a lot of fun. I remember that episode pretty fondly, so... Zach, I think I want to give the series high point to the 2v1 Ogre and Riku versus the champion fight, because that was so well animated, and it was just a really fun fight in general. Oh, cool. I get to use my number one high point. I don't have to go to one of my backups, which is going to be Ayame. She does really fall off in the last half of the series, which makes it easy to forget about her, but she has a genuinely affecting arc. She is often adorable. I really like the way she comes out of her shell. I like her Gumpla. I think she really works as a character, and character is ultimately what Gundam Build Divers is lacking. No, and I think that's a pretty good yeah, high point. That is so. definitely better than mine. Do you have a low point, Tyler? This is kind of a weird one, but I actually think a lot of it is like Doji's interactions with the rest of Hayaki early on. They're really flat, like, the fact that he's a part of this group and behaving the way he does, and, like, one, no one knows about it somehow, and two, like, I don't know. It seems like they set him up to be a heel for, like, not really any reason, and they're like, oh, wait, we need a redemption now, because there can't be conflict. I don't know. It it felt a little forced to me. I feel like if you, uh, this is a problem with a lot of build divers, but I think it's really applicable to Doji. If you read what happens to him, it seems like he has a good arc, but the execution on it's kind of awful. Yeah, that would track. Zach, do you have a low point? Riku. (laughs) (laughs) When you look at it, at the end of the day, stories are about characters. Like, that's what drives the story. Riku doesn't really have a character. He has people around him that have characters. But what are Riku's wants and needs? And what is he doing to achieve those or having to give up to achieve those? Nothing. His allowance. (laughs) But we never see him dealing with that. Like, we don't see him having struggles in school because he's spending so much time in GBN and have to overcome that and figure out a better balance in that. We don't even really see him spending a lot of time improving on building or anything like that. The most we got was like him being distracted in class that one day because he's worried about Sarah. Yeah. Riku, I think, has got to be my low point because I do think if you manage to make Riku a better character, number one, he can pick up all the characters around him because look at how well Rommel and Kiyoya do with their, like, attached characters just by them being good characters they're able to bring up these other characters through their interactions with them so you can shorthand a lot with that but because Riku doesn't actually really have any character and he's the main character he drags the whole series down so improve his character and the series as a whole will improve I actually kind of wonder if they were just like trying to write realistic 12 year olds and that was the problem. Either I don't that know. or trying to write a blank slate so that people can project onto him easier. Yeah, but like Yuki's kind of a nothing character for most of the show, too. Momo's slightly less of a nothing character, but like... Momo's identity is kind of the girl. She's Genki. That's her job. She is energy. So my initial 
was going to be the way it spotlights characters, but I think that's kind of overlapping too much with Zack's. So I'm going to go with the stretch of episodes after they deal with Sukasa before the Eldira arc. A lot of that stuff does come back. The Lotus Challenge ends up being important. Tiger Wolf's, like, anguish over what he wants to do ends up becoming important. Lashat Noir comes back, and that's also tagging on from Ayame's earlier stuff. So there's good stuff in there, but they feel so disconnected and kind of boring. They're probably better than the first stretch of unconnected episodes, if we're being honest. But they're after the show showing it can do something, which makes them feel just like real slogs. Makes it feel like they went back to spinning their wheels for a while. Which this show spent so much time just spinning its wheels. I don't know if we like mentioned that as kind of an overall low point, but man, there was so much waste of time in this show. Just generally, I feel like they could have cut out half of this entire show and it would have been a much better show. Yeah, I think you can get a real good tight 13 out of this. You probably have to trim the cast down a bit, though. I think that'd probably, be alright. Probably, yeah. I think straight out cutting Momo and Yuki is probably for the best. Yeah, I was gonna ask who would fill those roles, but we kind of already have a huge supporting cast anyway, so, and yeah. they don't really well, think have about roles. who's actually necessary to accomplishing what the series wants to do. Riku and Momo always kind of feel like third wheels when it comes Yuki down to Momo. it. Yuki and Momo? What did I say? <laughs> Riku. Well, Riku does too, even Donald though he's technically Goofy. the main character. I feel like they're almost a little bit necessary to show that Riku has friends. Sure, but you can just show them in class. Yeah. All right. If you are listening to this on Patreon, our polls for what our Gundam Build Divers bonus episode should be should still be up. So go ahead and vote in that. If you are listening to it on the main feed, the poll is over, but the episode should be up soon if you want to listen to it. Tyler, was this show Gundam or was this show Isekai? I'm going to say that it was Isekai, but for Sarah specifically. From Sarah's point of view. Yes, from Sarah's point of view, this was an isekai. Zach, was this show Gundam, or was this show isekai? Well, I think this series wanted to be Gundam because it wanted to show a teenager or a preteen growing into a better person, but I think it ends up being a reverse isekai for Sarah because she's being pulled into a different world. My non-joke answer is I think it is more Gundam than isekai at the end of the day, but... All right, next week we will be back with Gundam Sea Destiny, Phase 43... A call for counterattack. I'm going to have to go back a couple of episodes and watch through those to remember what's going on. Yeah, at least 42. So if you guys also don't remember what was going on, later this week we will have a recap episode coming out. We're going to shoot for Friday, but Tyler has to post it, so who knows? <laughs> uh, if you're listening to it on the Patreon, it'll be up as soon as I'm done editing. So who knows when that'll be also. But later this week there will be a Destiny recap episode where we try to remember all the dumb jokes and theories we had going through Gundam Seed Destiny. And next week, we will be back in it for real. Sweet baby Ray. Finally. Bye.